Chicago's Afternoon News, 720 WGN. A few text messages coming in, and we invite you to be a part of the show at 312-981-7200. From 847, the other politicians spend their money on campaign ads. I'd vote for Willie if I could. 815, Lisa, please don't forget about the young man who was pulled off a bus he is just as important as a female basketball player. These politicians should be working to free all Americans being held, not just famous people. He was definitely a subject of our show yesterday. We had his mom on the air. She's from Minnesota, and she joined us on Chicago's Afternoon News. But we had yet to really talk about Brittany Griner. So um, it's not like we're focusing on just Brittany, but that news is starting to heat up today. That's why I brought it to your attention and, and uh, everybody else's attention. Uh, Martin McLaughlin is on the phone. Martin represents the 52nd District in the state of Illinois. How are you today? Uh, good afternoon, Lisa. Th- thanks for having me on today. So I understand that your a lot of your constituents were calling because they found themselves victims of fraud when it came to unemployment benefits during the pandemic. And do we know the numbers of people in Illinois that have been affected by this? You know, it's uh, I sit on the Revenue and Appropriations Committee. First of all, I'm a business guy. Uh, a state rep is something that I do as a public service, so I don't really qualify myself as a politician. So as, as a business um, outsider, I sit on these Rev Appropriation Committees. Uh, and in the last year and a half, I've not been able to get a number of not only the people who have been impacted, but the total amount of fraud that's occurred. And, you know, we as state reps, you go down there trying to uh, write laws that will help people. What I've spent the last year doing is answering phone calls from constituents out of my local legislative office who um, have not been getting um, unemployment insurance checks but have been charged as if they have received them. So it's really been a nightmare. We've gotten thousands of calls at my local legislative office, uh, people that have been defrauded out of um, uh, you know unemployment insurance it's payments right when they need them most. So it's been pretty uh, it's been a real, real mess. And I feel the pain. I was just mentioning I was on unemployment during the pandemic for a few months, and it was incredibly hard to get the money. And of course, everybody was in line. And when you wanted to speak to someone, it was a seven to 10 day wait. And it was just a mess. And every week I got a phishing email that looked like it came from IDES, but I would go back and go, oh, no, this this looks suspicious. So it was very easy for people to commit fraud because when you get a link like that, you're like, well, of course, I got to find out about my benefits. And it's it's, you know, a fraudulent person that's reaching out to you. And I understand on a nationwide basis that there were gangs involved in this. Did you see that yeah, in I, Illinois? Yeah. Department of Labor estimates one point six three billion in fraudulent claims were paid out across all states. They estimated that in Illinois, the Department of Labor, a uh, federal agency, that we had over $429 million. Uh, there's an acting director at IDES uh, who's been there for almost two years now um, who couldn't uh, validate uh, that number for us or even give us a rough estimate. So w- we do know that there are millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars of uh, unemployment insurance benefits that were paid fraudulently, um, but we can't get an accurate number. Uh, from the department head um, who is responsible for that. And what's worse, Lisa, they asked us last year, almost 15 months ago, for an emergency allocation of $25 million, uh, for IT and some other services to assist in fraud detection. Well, you know, we said, okay, great, we'll, we'll assist you with funding, you know, taxpayer money to identify and stop this. 
but we want some metrics on you know what you'll consider as successful. We haven't received those metrics. We allocated the money. We just had a meeting about a month ago, and we still can't get any answers, which is incredibly frustrating. And you know th- this occurs across multiple agencies. The acting director title is really confusing me because many of these agencies have people that are temporarily assigned. I mean, there's more acting directors in Springfield right now than there are in Hollywood. I mean, I, I'm having a really difficult time trying to figure this out. Um, we need we need people that will be permanently appointed where the buck stops on their desk so we as legislators can hold them accountable for the use of our tax dollars. Very frustrating. This is Martin McLaughlin. He represents a 52nd district. He's a businessman from Barrington, correct? And are you still yep. the village president? Uh, no, I was, did that for eight years at the high salary of $0 per year, uh, total public service, and I was able to lower the tax levy eight years in a row by running government like a business, which um, ruffled some feathers. But once everybody um, understood what we were doing, we were able to lower the levy about 30% in eight years. If I could get a few of my friends on the other side of the aisle and in the General Assembly to think that way, maybe there'd be hope for the state. So that, that's really my reason for wanting to serve uh, at this time in Springfield. I'm 57. I've got five daughters. I'm used to uh, getting yelled at at the kitchen table. So uh, this is no different being in Springfield. What can people do? What can people in Illinois do if they feel that they're being, um, you know, defrauded, that, that their money is going elsewhere? It's not going into their pocket or their, their key card. Yeah, and I hate to say this, but the best thing that they can do, someone like yourself, is rather than reach out directly to Springfield, uh, reach out to your state representative's legislative office. We have been receiving so many phone calls. It's, it's really amazing. You mentioned a seven to day, seven to ten day turnaround time. I, I want to congratulate you. That's about uh, four times faster than what most people experience before they call our office. So maybe you got special treatment, Lisa. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> I don't congratulations. Think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say reach out to your state representative's office. Uh, they are now very well versed on what they can do to expedite the process. Uh, and then we actually reach out to the government agencies. And surprisingly, um, it, it seems that we get better response once it comes through our office. That's not why our offices are here, but that's what it's becoming because of the inefficiency at these agencies. So I would say reach out to your state representative's legislative office and then uh, go forward from there. But the training times on the people that work at IDS are uh, nine to 10 months before someone comes on board and they're trained to handle the job. That's unacceptable as well. I mean, w- with the number of people looking for work right now, we ought to be able to really bring those numbers down. But again, we have an acting director. We don't have a permanent appointee. And well, really I don't know if you filled out leadership. those forms. Even filling out the forms online is mind-boggling. So I can't imagine what you, what kind of training you do need in order to manage all those forms and understand everything that has to be um, explained to people who might not even know how to fill out some of these things online. I've got a question. The U.S. Department of Labor Inspector General, um, you know, estimated that there was as much as $163 billion in pandemic unemployment benefits that were linked to fraud. Out of those 143,000 unemployment fraud complaints, the IG executed 450 search warrants and 749 fraud-related indictments. That's that's just a drop in the bucket. So when you do get the numbers for Illinois, are the resources there to investigate? Yeah, so uh, I also, again, sitting on these revenue and appropriation committees, it got me in the right spot as a business guy. I'm a numbers guy, and we had... Uh, uh, Kwame uh, Raul come in last week, and he mentioned there were at least 4,000, I believe, cases that they're ready to either investigate or prosecute. So I, I, I believe on that end, we're probably in decent shape. The The question is, we've got to identify who was defrauded. One of the state reps, uh, Keith Summers, who's retiring, 
a Republican state rep received a 1099 for working at Home Depot. Uh, Keith does not work at Home Depot, and he went through the process that you've gone through, uh, saying, hey, I've received this in error. Someone fraudulently um, uh, applied for unemployment insurance. And the worst part is, is many who didn't receive or were defrauded uh, from it now have a 1099 problem if they can't get answers before April 15th. So uh, Representative Summers reached out to IDES and said, you know, this is fraud. You know, can we clean this up and can I get this before April 15th? And uh, the response he got was, well, we certainly hope we can get it by then. So it really compounds the problem um, by the agency taking so long to respond. And I agree with you. It's it's like uh, reading Mandarin when you look at some of these forms. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing against our Mandarin friends out there, but I have a hard time speaking English occasionally. So any training that we can get that'll help, um, you know, expedite the, uh, the uh, employees that are working there uh, to help, you know, the people that, like yourself, it's a terrible time when you, you lose your job and you really need help and assistance. And then to have this occur to you, it's almost like being kicked in the gut when you're down. So anything we can do to help expedite um, the response, uh, you know, I, I'm going to do the best I can. We are, it's a bipartisan issue. Fred Crespo, who's a state rep, is the chairman of uh, the committee, and, and uh, he's not getting answers either from the director. So to me, it well, falls on leadership, Lisa. The, the governor appoints these people. They've got a supermajority. There's no reason why we shouldn't have permanent directors so we can hold them accountable. So I'd like to see that happen. Uh, again, a lot of acting directors. I want people that are in a permanent position so the buck stops with them. uh, Representative Martin McLaughlin, 52nd District, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your input and come back anytime. Thanks so much, Lisa. Appreciate it.